0: very warm welcome to all my listeners who have tuned in to listen to another episode of Insider's Talk with New Entrepreneurial Journey. So let's dive in. I have with me Mr. Sharat Bansal, co-founder of Tinkerly. And Tinkerly is providing a unique initiative of providing a blended learning and a play-based curriculum to enable interactive learning for the students for grade 1 and 12, about which we will learn a little bit more in detail as we speak with uh, Sharad. So Sharad, welcome to Insider's Talk, and it is an absolute pleasure to have you with us and have a conversation with you. So before our listeners get to know about Tinkerly, I really want listeners to understand who Sharad Bansal is. So if you can share your journey with us before Tinkerly came into your life, that would be great.
1: Thank you so much, Veronica. Thank you so much, first of all, for inviting me on this uh, platform. Uh, about me, uh, yes, so I, of course, I mean, I come from Rajasthan, uh, born and brought up in Rajasthan, coming from a, a service class family, uh, no one in the family has done business earlier. So my father is into government service. So my childhood has been like uh, traveling, I mean, spending, uh, studying in different schools in different cities because of the mandatory transfers. Uh, fortunately around my ninth tenth standard uh, i landed up a place uh, which is called Gangapur city it's nearby kota which is known to be a coaching hub in majority of north in north india uh, so very, very competitive education uh, i received there and heard about what je is and uh, like if you're good in studying you need to enter into iIT so I actually was fortunate in terms of knowing about all that in my schooling uh, in then i uh, got into actually then i spent about a year in kota uh, then uh, got into iit delhi and uh, there i mean when a typical uh, any middle class person getting into an iit the standard plan was to get into it and then actually do an mba after it so that was a template uh, fortunately i was in delhi uh, which had the right kind of uh, ecosystem for that but when i entered into college uh, I uh, I got exposed to entrepreneurship sale in this call co- uh, in my college, got to intern with them, then got to be a part of their team in that journey was meeting i mean uh, i mean a few startups so i mean all Sachin in and others were kind of seniors to us and they used to come to campus and you can hear their talks what they're speaking so one thing i mean that was something which inspired okay this is something better this is something bigger you can do in in your career uh, and i think that got me excited and worked with a few seniors a startup also before actually coming up with tinkerly's idea uh, mainly, but also, uh, other than my personal, I mean, one of the difference I saw in, um, in between my schooling and IIT is like, I has all the facilities, like you have laboratories, you have lectures, then you do practicals of everything, which we were not habitual in our schooling. It was like purely, rectification uh, ratification or purely mugging up, no practicals of doing it. So big change in, in the, in the way you learn. And I think that sparked the first idea as well.
0: Quite interesting, actually, like you said, right? So I think the idea of probably uh, getting into ed tech, like you said, right? You're uh, in class nine, you were in quota and that's a hub, Mm. Uh, so uh, maybe subconsciously (laughs) you (laughs) would be there because I think things started falling in place after that and then then you got a good chance of like you said right in IIT you have good uh, opportunities when it comes to and to understand the startup ecosystem because there are many entrepreneurs who come in and uh, try to absorb you into their Mm. uh, ideas and understand how the system works so Mm. what like, you know, uh, I know that probably quota would have been uh, uh, one of the triggers because you understood how it works and, you know, how the education system is working. Is there anything else that triggered you to get into an ed tech domain in India and say that, okay, I, I want to make a change in this particular industry?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, uh, in 910th, I was nearby quota. then got into Kota. Uh After that, I mean, I was studious in my schooling life and... Uh, I mean, uh, and then being a good performer in schooling means you're good in terms of like, uh, uh good in terms of studies, like you can, mug up things you can remember things mm. for a longer time that was the element of studying but i never enjoyed being kind of a that kind of a person i mean i never enjoyed uh, uh, memorizing something for a longer time and right. i was not good at, good at it also so that was that was something i mean when i got into uh, college we got more freedom and we got to see things how this works i mean less of memorizing and more of doing was there and then getting exposed to it so mm-hmm. uh, the reason behind coming to EdTech was uh, uh, I really wanted to make something that uh, I mean you can do well in a school life uh, without actually having to memorize things or without having to actually mug up things. So make learning more fun and interesting. That was the the element I think that I wanted to contribute towards.
0: Mm, yeah, uh, I resonate with you because I remember uh, like you know in my school days as well, my parents uh, they. Mm. They were more concerned about not uh, like, you know, okay, I understand we come from a generation where, you know, the grades were important, the percentage Mm. was important, because Mm. that was the factor, determining Mm. factor on how how you're going to get into a certain college and all, but Mm. they paid a lot of uh, attention on the fact that you understood what you are learning, Mm. rather than just give it on paper, because I know many people who are very, very intelligent. Mm. Um, are very very well read but mm. unfortunately doesn't come on the paper
1: right right exactly I mean I completely agree with you and uh, and and some I mean it's a very different thing actually mm. your performance in school doesn't determine how would you perform in future right so some people do some people don't some people I mean completely opposite to what they were doing in a school so I think that that is I mean if it is happening it is something like there is some some lack in the system that is a not a proper evaluation method was
0: there right. So do you think this lag is still there because now uh, now that you know the percentages have gone, the rankings have gone, the numbering system has gone now it's all grades like you know you don't know exactly whether your kid is first, second or third because you just get a1, a2. So do you think that kind of a pressure has been like you know it's it's sort of reducing or do you think that we are becoming too competitive too early right now in schooling?
1: I mean, it, it was a good thing to come to, uh, from, uh, actually grades to actually coming, I mean, from actually getting percentages to grades is what it was a positive step, but it mm-hmm. has not went into the right direction. It has went more into more test prep, like less right. schooling and more test prep. It has went into that direction, mm-hmm. but last couple of years, I think, uh, especially, uh, I would say people were learning. People into international schools or people into metros were actually mm-hmm. getting more exposure beyond test prep. Smaller mm-hmm. town, towns, people were more into uh, test, uh, more, a lot. Everyone was actually thinking about getting into a good college or test prep. And it's obvious as well. But now when, uh, when after COVID, when there was some halt into regular test prep preparations, like regular tuitions, regular schooling, they gave some, some of the exposure or some, they got the opportunity to do something different. Mm-hmm. That was the time when all of this uh, live classes came in or uh, right. coding classes came in. So before that, no one knew that these kind of things may also be beneficial. So I think when there was a pause or pause there, then mm-hmm. it was beneficial that people uh, we were able to learn. But uh, it has entirely not improved the situation in, in the school life. Like it is, I mean, for after 10th, if you go into test prep, it is fine. Mm-hmm. But uh, before 10th, uh, I think you can spend and you can utilize... Uh, a lot of time into your exposure, exposure to extracurricular activities, your hobbies and uh, technology, or could be art or uh, all, all of those elements. Right. Like, that is that is where uh, you kids have to uh, get exposure. I think.
0: You're talking about an overall development rather than just looking at the acads and figuring out whether they would be an engineer or a doctor.
1: But yeah, one now- incident. I mean, in in when I entered into college, so. Uh-huh. We- Since we came from middle class, I mean, we studied into small schools where you just have uh, lectures going on, no playground, no nothing. So when we got into college, uh, uh, there was a very standard uh, template mentorship from your seniors. You use your first year to do everything. Go into sports, go into extracurricular, go dancing, Mm go debating. Then in second year, find out your interest. and in third year, then uh, excel in your interest. In fourth year, just prepare for job. So mm-hmm. uh, the good part, this is, I think, what we were doing in four years that children can do in the entire uh, childhood, like right. initial, formative years, like five till you are into tenth grade. You can uh, actually till you are into five grade, fifth grade, you find out your interest areas. From mm-hmm. fifth to tenth, you actually excel in those interest areas, and then you go into your jobs and test preps. I think uh, that that can be a very good decision making for them.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. interesting so like you said right you you come from a middle class and your your, your father was in government uh, uh job right so that means a fixed salary coming every yeah. month so you know you're getting a payment there mm-hmm. and your bank account is going to get some cash in there so mm-hmm. when you told your parents that you want to do something mm-hmm. on your own like <laughs> was there a kind of an acceptance like you know uh take care you know let's see how it goes or there was a kind of a resistance that you know um like, you know, monthly, monthly, how will you manage?
1: <laughs> I mean, I mean, I fortunately, I, uh, uh fortunately, uh, I got support from my family, mm-hmm. uh, could be various reasons to it. I mean, one of the reasons was, of course, so, uh, by the time I got into college, I mean, situations were better and, and, uh, lesser liabilities to you can actually focus on more on your interest and somewhere coming from, uh, I mean, uh, my father always wanted to do some business, for example, but he did ah, okay. into do a job. So he was always supportive to what I got into. But uh, what we did also, I mean, for to ease out the decision making for our parents, we started this startup in our final year itself. So mm-hmm. it's great to tell. I mean, when you're saying to your parents that, okay, you want to go, you don't want to go for placement and you want to go for business, you can't just simply leave everything and then tell, okay, I'm just leaving out everything. Right. Uh, we really did uh, work on it in our final year. We tied up with the schools. We worked with the state government of Rajasthan in our final year itself. So they were very confident. Actually, at least we are sincere about it. So mm-hmm. any anyone who wants support from their peers, family, I think they need to also show that they are serious about their interest. So Correct. that was uh, that was one of the another, another reason for us.
0: Correct. So what kind of preparation you did, you know, to get into EdTech in the sense that Mm -hmm. uh, did you have any seniors or, you know, uh, entrepreneurs who were mentoring you during during the process where you were preparing yourself to, you know, uh, roll out your first uh, product into the market? So what kind of preparation went in there?
1: so uh, a lot of market research. so first of all i mean idea came from personal experiences we are four co-founders and we all four had different types of schooling like i studied in private schools and also studied in coachings my another co-founder studied in government school throughout uh, another co-founder studied in scenic school so mm-hmm. they came from different types of schooling and they knew that problem sustains everywhere i mean it's not about the school or teachers it's the mechanism or the methodology used everywhere So that Mm -hmm. came from personal experience and then we did a uh, a big market research in terms of talking to a lot of school owners in delhi and cr and rajasthan about uh, uh, how did they teach science or how do they use technology and uh, what pedagogy they do and if we bring something more uh, what we wanted to do what will be their response so we did almost about 500 schools we spoke in person and uh, that is where we, we did some exhibitions with government of Rajasthan to speak to over a thousand teachers in person to understand ki, uh, what they want and how they can how if what we were thinking in terms of our idea like making science more fun or making technology more fun does that uh, help them so that that's where we got confidence that they were liking and people were appreciating. Uh, Next step we were doing is like uh, spoke to our faculties in college. So we spoke to a couple of our faculties, then they spoke to, they, I mean, uh, when you're trying, people try to utilize their, uh, uh, whatever they know about it. So faculties in IIT were always uh, uh, interested, okay, something to be done for school education so that a better breed comes to the college. So so I think they were excited about it. And uh, so that was the beginning years. Uh, then the next step is like we just landed into it. I mean, we did not think about too much of uh, uh, thinking about before starting it up. We just started, told everyone, okay, we are starting this company, and uh, now we are going to do it. So it it created an indirect pressure on you that you can't leave it now. So you have to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, then then first one year we were into stealth mode. So what we did is like uh, we partnered with one school in Jaipur. Uh, it was an all girls school. And uh, the principal wanted that uh, uh, girls are choosing actually more kind of a lesser STEM careers and more of a art-related careers or commerce careers they were choosing. So they she wanted to see if you teach this in sixth, seventh, or ninth, tenth grades, do mm-hmm. they find more interest into science or technology? So she wanted to test that, and uh, we worked closely with that one school for entire one year. I mean, instead of thinking about uh, numbers or growth. First of all, you wanted to make sure that what we are doing in EdTech is actually going to benefit kids. So we did that and actually that got a very positive response and it was a very reputed school of Jaipur. So then when they say that, okay, this is working, then everyone says that, okay, their product is excellent. So you don't have to market it anymore. Right. That's how it started actually then then kept on going from
0: there kept on going from there interesting so like you said right your product started from one of the top schools in jaipur and you were able to solve uh, or uh, probably give a solution to what the principal had in mind to get the girls more yeah. interested in technology and science so mm-hmm. you know uh, when you think about tinkerly if you think back so what would be your first aha moment uh, with tinkerly that you felt that you know that you have arrived with a uh, solution which is Not only beneficial for the education of India, but for the students as well to understand exactly what they want.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you one incident. So uh, in December 2014, so before we launched this company, we participated in an exhibition in Noida. It was a kids exhibition and we were demonstrating some of our equipments uh, and there uh, I mean, typically we we created, initially we created something for sixth grade onwards kids, but there actually a six-year-old child came with his parent. Uh, so they used that equipment. It was a Newton's cradle. So Newton's laws, you understand from that particular topic. But the child, six-year-old child was very excited and attached to doing that particular experiment in that exhibition. So uh, his parent came and then he simply said that if time out, we could have also become an engineer, so i mean we always about feared about science and we we never i never enjoyed science because mm-hmm. of i was never able to see science in this manner so i think that that excited us i mean and that keeps on exciting us every day when we hear from parents say, okay we would have wanted this in our schooling so definitely it says that uh, it's going to get give them benefit so it starts from there i think
0: right no definitely i am pretty sure that you know i mean uh, the students right now have uh... Like, you know, they have got like very good uh, products out there which can be utilized to make it more interesting and Tinkerly is doing exactly like that. So it is bound to happen that parents like us feel jealous that <laughs> it would have at least made our uh, schooling quite interesting. Okay,
1: Exactly. Yes, yeah, that experience. I mean, we... that the big takeaway
0: for us. <laughs> Haan, the adventure was that you know, sports day, hai, and if we be a part of that organizing committee, so we get to bunk few classes. <laughs> so, <laughs> that, was, that was one of the highlights uh, that we used to have, or adventure we used to have. Provided, probably, I think if studies would have been like what you're saying, it hmm. would have been a different uh, ball game altogether. So,
1: when <laughs> I was in school, ha, and uh, uh-huh. there used to be a computer class once in a week. And mm-hmm. all 40 students used to go in that computer <laughs> yeah. lab. Yeah. And there were around mm-hmm. 20 computers. So there, we right. used to run actually to the lab from the class ki, who gets the best computer first or... Uh, uh,
0: the resources so, were also limited. Yeah, true. Yes.
1: So I think kids were, I mean, naturally we were excited towards learning something new, but mm. of course we have to create, uh, as an educator, we have to create that opportunity. That right. time it was computer and going basic MS office. Today it's about 3D printing or robotics. So like technology has changed, but I think that interest never ends. I
0: mean, that is true. That is true. And, and it's the learning, learning inclination of the child as well, of what, what he or she wants to learn or take away from what uh, resources have been provided to them. So that is for sure. And I think EdTech is also changing um, the way we are looking at the education system because Mm -hmm. at our time, like if you ask anybody in the classroom, like, you know, what you want, what you're planning to be or, you know, what Mm -hmm. you vision yourself to be. um, Mm -hmm. I think most of my classmates, frankly speaking, are Mm -hmm. either engineers or doctors. (laughs) I, I, I only one person... Uh, who was she was extremely clear that she wants to move into fashion industry and she did that (laughs) I think she's the only singled out person in our entire batch who actually uh, achieved what she wanted to other than being a a engineer or a doctor but now I'm really glad that you know people people are looking at other venues as well but I am actually glad that people are trying to get into education sector also Hmm. And I think because the technology is playing a big part of it and making it more interesting to become a teacher or an educator yes. and, you know, give something other than just standing in front of the class and saying, okay, read this paragraph, Ye chapter kar do. this is the next homework right. you have. <laughs> so it is making education more interesting for them as well. So that's great. So, now if you, if with this, you know, if you can share with our listeners, you know, about Tinkerly and, you know, what specialization it has and a little bit more about it, that would be great.
1: Hmm. So, uh, Tinkerly, as the name suggests, it's, it's, it's created from two words, Tinker and Ly. So, Tinker means like doing something unorganized learning, or uh, you can say jugad or breaking something and then learning from it. That's called Tinkering. And then, Ly suffix makes it as a habit, habitual word. So, all the habitual words like uh brotherly sisterly childly so all that whenever the ly suffix comes is like your habit of tinkering so we are trying to create that habit of tinkering among uh, kids uh and uh, how we do it is like we have a focus on stem learning stem indicates like science technology engineering maths so we we make children uh make their learning fun and interesting by our, by our courses into robotics electronics iot Uh, So we also make sure that uh, whatever they learn, they learn with experiential activities or hands-on activities. So there is a component of theory, there is a component of practicals, there is a component of community learning. So all of these combined and kids enjoy. Uh, We started this company in 2015 as a uh, working with a school because first eight hours of learning, child is spending in a school and then after they're learning anywhere else. So initial idea was to disrupt that fundamental of a step of learning. Then gradually we started by 1718 we started uh, getting interest from children that they want to do more into technology. So we started tinkering labs, uh, which is like beyond science and you go into 3D printing, robotics, IoT. Uh, By 1920, we realized, I mean, a lot of other students from other schools where we were not having labs or we were not having programs, they wanted to get uh, benefits or services. So we launched our consumer programs. Uh, We were planning to do actually our consumer programs, I mean, direct selling to students. But uh, uh, then COVID hit. So uh, uh, that actually pre-poned our plans. And in September 2020, we launched our uh, online courses. But, but the difference in Tinkali's courses was everyone else was actually like doing live classes, live classes, everywhere live classes. And I mean, the way the pedagogy has innovated in previous 20, 30 years, that all diminished when this uh, online learning came in. So we wanted to make sure that even if you're learning at home, you are learning with the teachers, you're learning on your own in your self time and speed. You learn with doing some experiment. So we, we ship a box to every child who subscribe to our course so that they can create their own projects by uh, after theoretical learning. And then there is a community of those learners who can share their experiences, creations, projects. So uh, we want to make sure that we, we never dilute the quality of learning, when, whatever the mechanism is, whether it's an in-classroom learning or outside the class, whether it's at home learning or it's a dedicated space learning. Tinkerly is about making learning more fun and uh, interesting. Yeah, way, I mean, we are trying to make technology as one of the hobbies of children uh, for future.
0: Uh, Sharat, you said that, you know, that Tinkerly is uh, based on STEM learning. So if you can uh, give us a little bit more about, you know, how STEM, STEM-based learning is going to help uh, children mm-hmm. understand because this is a new thing that has come in. And I think most of the parents might not be aware Uh, of uh, how this particular uh, sec works?
1: Right. So, uh, I mean, first of all, STEM is an acronym uh, for uh, science, technology, engineering, maths. If you understand these independently, okay, science is like typical academic science, technology... And engineering technology is like uh, information technology, uh, computing, coding, programming, all that comes under technology. Engineering is like you're able to solve a problem from micro scale to a macro scale. And mathematics is like uh, uh, calculations, algorithms, computation, all of that comes under maths. So in silos, we of course learn. Uh, we, we learn science and maths in school. We learn technology engineering uh, separately. Then they integrate so when you're learning a simple science concept let's say uh, water irrigation uh, how can you use an iot technology or programming into uh, making an automated water irrigation system for the soil so uh, it's the integration example like how you integrate technology with science now now this is about foundation about of what stem is why why children should get exposed to it and why they should learn it at early years is because today we are living in 2021 uh, when we say technology, we mean like screens, uh, mobiles, laptops, All of the, everywhere we see technology, we see on a screen. Uh, by 2031 or by the time these children will be out of their schools and at workplace, uh, technology will be beyond the screen. So mm-hmm. uh, you will not be seeing tech only on your laptop, but it will be a gadget in your hand. Your car will be having a lot of technology. Your home will be smart and automated. So there, uh, it's a combination of programs, and the hardwares like machines will be having a lot of technology. So, uh, and every, every vertical of life, like, uh, you, whatever career you choose, I, I mean, when we teach STEM or engineering or technology, we do not mean that, okay, you can become a better engineer or a doctor, but even if you become a, uh, let's say a lawyer, mm-hmm. you can use your STEM skills. If you become a businessman, uh, you can use your uh, STEM skills to grow that faster. I'll take some examples uh, of it. Uh, but. This is something like 10 years ago, if you would not have learned about computer operation or uh, an MS office, how it works, it would have been challenging for you today. Similarly, uh, what you learn today is going to give you an advantage tomorrow. So this is is why I think I advocate of STEM learning in early years. And early years, why? Because uh, there is a tendency when children learn something in college, they learn because they want a job. Uh, okay, I mean, you get into a college, you pursue in a field, you learn there because you want to get a job. So it's because you're you're getting a job, you're learning something. What you learn when you're in fifth grade is because you're interested into it. That's why you learn it and you can find your interest into it. So there's a big difference. So when, when, when you talk about passionate people, passionate into technology, people created big things in technology or all the celebrity examples of oh, uh, people who have created disruptions across the world who were early starters in their life because they they found it interesting and exciting. They were not just pursuing tech because they wanted a job. So that's why I think uh, it's great if parents can provide exposure. Children might identify that I don't like this at all. They should identify it. If they if they like it, of course, pursue your interest. If you don't like it, okay, that's fine. you got an exposure, learn something new. So I think that's why STEM learning has been a pretty uh, role. There's a research also in US... Uh, we say, more, of course, um, almost 70% jobs by twenty 2020, twenty 2025 will be requiring mm-hmm. some or other sort of STEM skills. So it's going to be a key part of our career.
0: Yeah, that is there because no, like you said, right? no matter which career option you choose, technology is going to be a part of it. So uh, you need to, un- and I think um, people who might have not agreed before, uh, would yes. agree now because in pandemic that is what many people faced who were uh, challenged yeah. in terms of technology or who believed that nahi hamara kaam chal raha without technology so we don't need it but yes. this pandemic proved that you know you need to have a certain level of uh, technology imbibed in whether you are uh, in in any career or day to day household things you need technology like mm-hmm. if i have to order uh, I need to pick up my phone and do something with it. I need to do the payment with my phone. So everything is related to some or the other gadget now. Yes. So truly introducing technology quite early. I, I do resonate with that. It's not necessary that they have to become great coders or, you yes. know, great engineers, but a basic understanding of how technology is t- changing and how it can be beneficial right. for them is a good, uh, added advantage that they might have in the future.
1: Yes. And, and we need to see like today you, you see, and we, everyone sees that, okay, we are using gadgets a lot, mm. but we, as an educator, we have to project that what will be needed 10 years later, mm-hmm. So you don't know, of course, you don't know which programming language, but would you, would you know that some sort of technology, you have to be a problem solver mm-hmm. So you know, when we create a course, when we create a pedagogy, we. It necessarily doesn't mean that you're teaching Python ho or you're teaching C++. What matters is what kind of problems you're giving them and hmm. what kind of project they're provide solving the, the, uh, out of it. So okay. languages you can learn at any point of your life. Uh, but being beca- creating an attitude of a problem solver or a maker, uh, that creates a big difference on a person, the kind of person you you become later on. Mm-hmm.
0: Correct. So... so- Coding is not just about creating something and making sure that your, your child is able to,
1: hmm. you
0: know, because now everybody wants their kid to do well. So it is like, wow, he can create, he or she can create an app or whatever. Coding is hmm. basically an early education to understand how to solve a problem, yes. given that, you know, because my my daughter, uh, I, I mean, she was introduced to coding in her school.
1: Hmm. So she
0: was quite excited that she was able to make an animal, like say monkey jump. Yes, around the ladder by just typing in few things. So, uh-huh. so that really got her going. That you know, it's right. quite interesting, and I can create a game of my own. So,
1: exactly, exactly.
0: So for so, her, that was a problem yeah. solved. That you know, the monkey had to go from start to finish and jump five times, and she said that I was able to solve that. So, exactly. so that created the kind of a thinking, I would say, hmm. and I think inquisitiveness also. Like you know, whenever, whenever they see something, they now ask questions because. Hmm probably that's how the education system has to go. And hopefully in India, that is what it is going to be. So that's uh, great. So like, you know, um, there are already a lot of uh, ed tech companies out there, right? Uh, In the Indian market. So when you brought in Tinkerly, how did you market it? And, you know, uh, in the sense, like, uh, if uh, if I am I am a customer and you are you are coming to me, so w- what kind of a USP would you tell me that would uh, basically attract me to first you know start engaging with Tinkerly and see how it works?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, when we uh, we tell we talk to a parent, uh, I mean, we do not promise that uh, we will we will make you create a mobile application or a game. We we promise that uh, we will make your child a maker. So some of the examples of maker, if you say, I mean, who have been the makers? What do you mean no by makers? It's like, if you talk about Abdul Kalam, President Abdul Kalam, uh, he was a maker. He created things. Uh, he created things tangible, uh, which include uh, designing, which include programming, which include science, which include maths. And that, that's where he created something. Uh, uh, the pen drive you use, uh, the laptop you use, everything has been created by makers. And then uh, further upliftments have been doing by using technology. So uh, we are making our children make up uh, whatever career they choose or uh, whatever interest they choose. And we, we help them to learn it earlier in their life because uh, they can pursue their interest. So that standard uh, communication is that you might have learned coding. So there are two types of children that come to Tinkerly. One, they have never learned, child, uh, learned coding anywhere else. So for them, we provide a better alternative that instead of just an entire theoretical course, you can have a more fun-filled journey with us, having your own kit, creating your own toys and programming them. That is one type of customer that come to us. Second is that uh, some of them have learned coding somewhere else in schools or somewhere else. Uh, For them, we provide an upskilling program that, uh, okay, you can now program. Now, can you make a robot out of your programming? Can you make a smart device? Can you create your own Alexa device using your programs? So that next level of learning, we provide them. So these are the two areas, uh, first of all, in terms of our offerings. But in terms of pedagogy, there is a lot of differentiation. We add on to practical learning with our own proprietary kits. We add on to the uh, components of self-learning self-paced learning and components of community learning and all of this pedagogy came in because we had the background into education of last six six years we just did not created a company or a platform just because people are learning live and launched it and connected teachers with the students we emphasize a lot on on content we emphasize a lot in terms of research of what to be taught and how to be taught and that is where we come up with our uh, courses so these are the differentiators and I think we do not have to market it much. I mean, whenever a parent or a child goes through a course, they are the biggest uh, marketers for us.
0: That is true. When it comes to edtech, I think it is it is the experience that the parents experience through their children. And uh, yes. probably it becomes a word of mouth kind of a thing that, you know, uh, yes. ask your kid to enroll here or get your kid enrolled here because it's really working out well for us. Yes. Yes. So, so that's quite interesting. So now uh, now that, you know, with, with your company in and, you know, you you, you are already there in the market and also what are your future plans of when it comes to getting funded and how are you planning the expansion of Tinkerly?
1: So, I mean, we see, uh, I'll see it in a different way. I mean, we see that where the gap arises. I mean, where where the solution is not there or where the problem is. So right now, first of all, the right now, I mean, that I have already spoken about is like entire learning is happening theoretical. We make that uh, more practical. So today we have four technologies covered like basic game development, uh, IOT, internet of things, robotics, and AI. That is what these four technologies we teach today in future, we will come up with more innovative projects that children can learn and diversify their learning. Uh, based on their interest that is one. Second is the the biggest gap arise uh, in terms of uh, the way in terms of language so uh, in india about uh, uh, there are about 17 percent people who are actually speaking and uh, who are able to speak in english or going to a english medium school but all the digital programs are available in uh, english medium currently uh, what we are, uh, what we are trying to do here is like uh, almost forty percent plus students go to uh, Hindi medium schools, and then many others go to in different language schools. They feel inferior when they subscribe to these kind of courses. They feel inferior, and eventually they they think that they they don't understand coding or they don't understand robotics. That inferiorness we want to eradicate. So we are coming up with vernacular programs. We have already launched our Hindi medium courses and we plan to go for more regional languages from India and even abroad in different regions. We want to go global, but with their local languages so that no one feel inferior that, okay, I can't learn it because I don't know this language, but you actually have that barrier removed and then you really find, okay, you want it or not. So these are the two areas uh, we want to expand ourselves. And uh, eventually, yes, if we add value, of course, we'll get the capital also to grow for this.
0: This is quite interesting that you shared with me that, you know, like, um, uh, you're you're planning to uh, expand yourself, not in terms of like, you know, the number of customers, but you're planning to expand yourself in terms of reach, hmm. where you are able to reach people who are not too comfortable in learning in English, because it's not everybody's... Uh, language, yes. right? In in India, especially where you have n number of languages going on. So people have a comfort zone in uh, learning mm. and understanding. Yes. So, uh, you know, you think this is going to change the future of employment as well in India, because in India, English is still given a priority. And uh, people um, mm. who are not too comfortable with the language, but are excellent in the work they do, are are somewhere, you know, um, I don't know, either they don't come forward, because like you said, right, there is a kind of a sense that, you know, I'm not able to speak English that well. So I, I need to step back a little bit, or they don't feel comfortable uh, standing up and thinking that, you know, maybe their language is not good enough to talk in front of n number of people. Do you think that barrier will get broken over the period of time?
1: Of course, I mean, and it has already started as well. Barrier um, mm-hmm. was there when there was limited uh, touch points between an employer and an employee or a job seeker. And now, I mean, typically, if you're going for a tech job, the first very first thing you'll get is an assignment, and based on the assignment, you will be evaluated respective of the language or communication skills. Uh, if you are going into design, you will get evaluated with your portfolio. If you're into writing, you're evaluated with your portfolio. Uh, so it people are now evaluating more based on your skill sets rather than the other parameters of mm-hmm. course uh communication helps communication skills definitely help language does not help uh in uh, any of the profiles in, in, in there could be specific profiles I mean, of course if you're going to a profile of a language-based job then of course the mat, mat it matters but right. in any other job uh communication is a very key skill that uh, people should work and even when you're there learning in a STEM course, when they're learning in group, they can enhance their communication skills. Mm-hmm.
0: Because language is something which which people can mm-hmm. learn, right? See, okay. uh, I mean, initially, uh, before uh, before too many years, Chinese was not one of the languages where people were too keen on learning. But when once they, they opened up their market and the potential started increasing uh, mm-hmm. when it came to business and all, suddenly that became the most seeked after language to be learned. Uh, yes. To grab some opportunities. So I'm, I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, these things, but but when it came to the Indian market, right, still that um, the language of English, because that is the first level of communication that happens, right? But I, I know personally, many people who have overcome their uh, fear of the language by just talking. Yeah, I'm mean, getting
1: I, it and yeah, I'm also one of the example I, I did my entire schooling in Hindi medium schools till 12 mm-hmm. so I mean when I got into college uh, when you're talking to with your friends and then when, I mean you should be open to uh, learning things uh, so if you're learning that uh, you can always learn that but of course yeah. I mean it's not a barrier so the problem is like if I get into a from Hindi medium to English medium in my 8th standard or my 10th standard Mm-hmm. That time, it might create a fear in me that, okay, I'm not able to stand up or, or not able to perform good in exams. So mm-hmm. it's a wrong impression. I mean, you are not performing because of the language, but you're thinking that you're not good in competence. Correct. Uh, so that is that should not be there. Uh, language can anytime be uh, learned. And again, I do believe that uh, 10 years down the line, it's not going to be a, be a big parameter also in, in job hirings.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting. So like, you know, now that we are on to job hiring, so mm-hmm. wh- what kind of challenges did you face uh, when when you were trying to, um, you know, hire people into uh, Tinkerly? Was there any kind of um, hindrance or resistance you faced when it came to startup? But I know that the um, ecosystem is changing. Uh, the kind of uh, people who who are really keen into getting into startup, that mindset is also changing. Now it's no more into getting into big brands, and, you know, getting a stamp that we have worked in TCS or Infosys when it comes to technology or, or when it comes to other uh, areas getting into big brands. But now people are looking for job, uh, you know, uh, sort of, uh, it's not job safety, but it's uh, it's sort of a clarity of what they want and a place where they can learn. So was, hmm. was there any kind yeah. of uh, uh, challenges that you faced when you were trying to hire people into Tinkering?
1: I mean uh not particular to uh like people who are willing to so there are a mix of people uh i mean we can't say that the interest has increased of course to join startups the confidence has increased uh your accolades your, your profiles your re- referrals or reviews on on about the company matters people do their own due diligence before they are actually joining a company so let's say someone is willing to join tinkali they will see various places where Tinkerly's reviews are there. They will see various content. They will know about how how the company has performed. So these parameters, I mean, company has to build their own uh, journey or history, digital history as well, which uh, any employee uh, would like to see before they are joining a company. Uh, In the end, what we we learned is that uh, you attract the right type of talent if you can pull that. I mean, you do not, uh, we have tried a lot of agencies, HR agencies or uh, Mm -hmm. platforms, you will not get the best talent from there. You'll get the talent best who has seen you somewhere, who has read your article and who is then directly applying into company. They have been the best people who have joined us because, and that is, that comes when you are rightly talking about, you're truly talking what your interior culture is and what you are externally talking about it. If that matches then right people will get attracted, uh, uh, right people who are motivated about what we are doing. So can, okay, people who are motivated about education sector, about mm-hmm. learning impact, they will join. People who are motivated about uh, working in a startup, closely working in multiple things, they will get attracted. Uh, let's say if we are based out of Jaipur, if people who are willing to set up in uh, based out of Jaipur or many profiles who are work from home, so they want to. So I think communication is key in terms of attracting the right talent. So that, that is important. We learned it. There has been phases where we did not know about a few things earlier. But uh, of course, one thing that we learned is like pull that talent. And then second is the referrals. So the the second best talent comes from the referrals. Like people who are already working, if they refer someone, they are the best talent as well.
0: So, you uh, know, you said that you yourself did certain internships with the entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and startups to understand how... how- uh, it goes around or how, how this entire thing works and how you can similarly get your uh, things implemented with Tinkerly. So when employees join with this kind of a mindset, do you think it's it hinders the growth of the company or do you think that because they come with their own mind and they know what they want to do, it really helps the company to grow as well? Uh,
1: so, I mean, I did not exactly understood uh, this question again.
0: In the sense, like, you know, if I want to join Tinkerly, but I know like two years down the line or three years down the line, I want to start something on my own. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm I'm joining Tinkerly to just understand uh, how the startups work and mm-hmm. uh, how, what all I need to do to make sure that I can build up my venture and then move out. Mm-hmm. So people with such mindsets, when they join uh, an, a startup ecosystem, do you think it, it is actually helping because I... I will personally come with a mindset of learning. Mm-hmm. I will come with the mindset of uh, owning up whatever responsibilities are given to me and mm-hmm. learning and moving out. So do you think this, this kind of thing actually helps the startup to grow because people are coming with a very, uh, uh with a mindset of ownership. into Yes, the yes,
1: definitely. I mean, it absolutely helps. So, so uh, Uh, But of course, a mix is required. But uh, I think intent is always right of people who are willing to start off something their own. So if you want to learn something, you will test out. And that's what a startup wants to do in their everyday life. So they want to learn, they want to test new strategies, new tactics, and they want to get it implemented. So someone who is coming to start something of their own, of course, uh, they will be learning, they will be experimenting. They will be putting a lot of effort in terms of achieving things. And when they become confident of getting results, then they will be starting something of their own. So it is these kind of people are. I mean, always uh, they are always best to actually be in part of team. Of course, you would want uh, a mix that some people are there who can stay long with you, who who are at strategic roles, who can who can develop teams, and who can be your uh, key key spillers of the company. You want them, but. Uh, you might have seen, I mean, uh, people these days call companies mafias, like Flipkart Mafia or uh, Paytm Mafias. So these companies have grown grown up because of those kind of people. And when they found that, okay, the company has reached to a certain stage where uh, they are not finding it exciting enough, then they, I think, find out more opportunities or they find start something of their own. So it's completely fair. I think uh, every startup takes that positively. And it's a, it's a great thing, actually, to have these kind of people in the team.
0: Interesting. I have a
1: few examples. I mean, mm-hmm. I think two of our initial employees have already been doing, uh, one intern, actually one of the interns that we hired, he is doing a very good startup. Three of our ex employees are doing their own startups now. So I think, uh, this is always great. I mean, we are very proud about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it
0: also, it also builds up, I think a sense of a community that, you know, we need mm-hmm. to support each other, uh, no matter what you want to do in the future.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's, and and people do that. I mean, uh, whatever is yeah. possible, uh, that 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 happens automatically.
0: No, that's true. That's true. So, uh, so let's go back to uh you and you know, uh, and understand more about uh, your mindset and just have a little bit fewer of fun questions in the end. So, uh, in your journey of entrepreneurship, what has been your favorite aspect of being an entrepreneur?
1: I mean, the best part is like, uh, I mean, you have the ability to create an impact uh, that may not be there in a uh, typical corporate job. Uh, And the the second best best part is like, you can see that impact. You have a visibility of that, uh, what you're doing. Uh, Typically, uh, that is something I like. I mean, being a 21 year old, going into joining a corporate whatever best I would have been doing, I would not have been seeing ki where my work is being utilized or how the impact is generating. But uh, for, when you do something of your own, you have no limits in terms of what kind of work you can do. You can go into any amount of scale or growth. Uh, you can do create any amount of scale of impact. And then you also regularly see that, okay, what I'm doing, how it is resulting, it is resulting good or bad, but you can every time you can see. So that is a, That is a great motivational factor for me to actually be doing. I mean, that is a big, biggest thing for me to stay attached with the entrepreneurship. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. So like, you know, like in in this particular journey, there are a lot of ups and downs that happen, obviously, that makes it more interesting, right? Because different challenges are thrown at you and you feel there is a a sort of a sense of uh, uh, pride as well as, you know, you feel that you have resolved something over there.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that's that. I mean, that's the same thing. So uh, you, you see everything. If things are not working, you're failing. You see that if you are succeeding, you see that and you, you can change that also. So that is something is, uh, that is something is dependent. Uh, Things are under your uh, uh, things are under your control or things are under your power that you can contribute to it, which would not have been you might not be facing the, all those kind of oh, exciting things happening in the work at work if you would have been doing in a large setup.
0: And that's true. So in this in this journey of up and down, right? there would be times where you would be stressed out completely because things wouldn't be working out in your uh, favor. Mm-hmm. So what are the things that you do to relax your mind and get back on the road again?
1: I mean the first thing I do is like I go to bed and sleep <laughs> and uh, if that is not working out uh, then uh, I like to watch a movie or read a book mm-hmm. uh, and occasionally my biggest hobby is to travel so I think the work also allows and even the personal travel is that is something the best part but you can't do that very often so the first two are like um, everyday's opportunities.
0: Mm-hmm. That's lovely. So, uh, you know, just to wrap up, if you, you, every journey has some kind of a learning at every phase, right. And entrepreneurship is a very long journey and we wish that it goes on and on for you with Tinkerly and if any other future Mm -hmm. uh, ventures that you would want to take up, but in this, in this journey, you would have learned something. So anything that you would like to share with our listeners that, that can help them also through, Uh, if they are planning on uh, being an entrepreneur or they are already on the journey?
1: I mean, one learning from my own experience, like, uh, uh, so you don't always have to do the hard thing. You always have to do the right thing. Uh, Sometimes it is very uh, intriguing to actually pursue the the most challenging problem and solving that, but it's always, it's not necessary uh, you have to find out that what is the bigger problem and what is the right problem to solve i think that can save a uh, that can do wonders for you actually save a lot of time and can uh, you can achieve a big things very soon
0: that is absolutely true and with that i really really wish that tinkerly can imbibe uh, the method in in our education system to think rather than mug like the what you have uh, planning to do right so uh, that change I hope our education system can get and Tinkerly would be a big trigger in that mm-hmm. so thank you so and- much for being a part of uh, Insider's Talk and it was an absolute mm-hmm. pleasure Shara, talking to you and understanding about you your journey as well as about Tinkally.
1: Um, Thank you so much Veronica I mean it was an absolute pleasure for me to join here thank you so much for inviting me Uh, insider talk and uh, uh, it was great talking to you today. Thank you so much.
0: So that's all from me today. I hope you enjoyed the interview and had some valuable lessons to take in with you and the stories inspired you and you found it interesting. I would be coming with more new stories in the coming week. Every week, every Monday, you will get to hear from me from a new entrepreneur, their stories about their brands, about their insights on employment and few tips and tricks to get into entrepreneurship. Stay tuned, stay safe and enjoy your life. Thank you for staying with us till the end of this episode. This is not the end. We have more impactful stories to come. So stay tuned. Don't forget to subscribe, like and share among your peers. Thank you.